How about your husbands? They're both, They're both straight. straight. I'm actually a little surprised at how unruffled they are. <laughs> you know, you get into like a, a DP or a DVP. There's a lot of touching. incidental touching. <laughs> <laughs> and They don't even think about it. I, I do like anal play. Uh, this is taking it to a whole nother level. Um, it was a lot of sensation going on and uh, yeah. it was pretty overwhelming and it was pretty amazing. I, I have to say, you know, you have nerve endings there. With a hidden secret door. Um, so it's soundproof and it's filled with toys. Well, you guys have kids too, right? We yeah. do. Is that why there's a hidden door? Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of soundproofing. That's right. <laughs> Just thinking about it makes me want to clench my whole body. Um, <laughs> but um, I knew that I liked anal play. I like a finger. I like, you know, touching around the area. One guy who's the anchor, usually the biggest guy, um, and I don't mean his biceps, should be <laughs> laying on the bed. And uh, then you, the woman, would get on top of him, sort of cowgirl style. Once that position, you know, once you're kind of good in that position, if you lean forward a little bit, the other guy can be behind, sort of straddling the first guy's legs <laughs> and, uh, and enter, uh, enter you from behind. Um, lubrication is an absolute must. I think that might be why a lot of swingers are in their 40s. Right. That's when our kids are getting to that age where we're like, okay, now what? Yeah. Now, now let's have some fun for us. Get ready. This is Consenting Adults. The conversations you're about to hear are intended for mature audiences. If adult themes are offensive to you, well... You might want to pull out now. So dirty talk, so yeah. sex talk. Yeah, it, it started off as dirty talk. I was actually, like, very excited to see my partner with somebody else. She looked at me and said, so you want to have sex with other people, that's what you're saying. <laughs> and you find it a turn-on to hear about what he did. Yeah, and then it's like, I want to come home and get it the way she got it. Does he know you have a boyfriend? Oh, yes. This is Consenting Adults with Lena Wynn. My guests today are two women in their 40s, both business owners, both in committed relationships. In fact, they're marriages. And you're both in open marriages. That's yes. right. <laughs> it's going to get very, very interesting. Uh, what I'm going to love about this conversation is that society doesn't really look kindly upon women who are enthusiastic about sex, right? So if you're a woman and you're really experienced, and you want to experiment, Ooh. society has always kind of looked at those women as like promiscuous, right? Yes. They've got, you know, they're whores, they're sluts, or whatever. Yes. But if you're a man, ooh, then it's, oh, he is, he's experienced. He knows what he's doing. And, and we don't look at men the same way we look at women when we're talking about sex. That's not fair. Exactly right. Yes. I, the, the messages that women get from a really young age about sex is just phenomenally fucked up and contradictory, right? Young women are not expected to want sex. They're you know, supposed to be good girls and yet also have like amazing oral skills as soon as they walk into the bedroom. It's just <laughs> right. very, very mixed up messages. Well, and then we're right. supposed to relate with men who've been given exactly the opposite message. And so how are we supposed to come together with any kind of real, cohesive, fantastic sex life? 
Right. Okay. So, but aside from being open about talking about sex, you guys have kind of taken it a step or 20 further. (laughs) And that is you're in open marriages and now you're doing this podcast and you're talking about things like, uh, you know, BDSM and hall passes and being with, you know, other partners. And, and I'm not sure all you're, you're into, so we're going to get to that. But uh, did you guys know each other before or how did this happen? This friendship? We met on a lifestyle couples date Mm -hmm. uh, close to two years ago. So we both sort of independently discovered the lifestyle with our husbands and had been active for a while before we met each other. And we just sort of immediately clicked as a foursome, which is really unusual. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure whether you guys are just like two girlfriends uh, who have this cool show and you're going to talk about all things sex, or if you actually have have been intimate with each other. Mostly we sort of husband swap, if you will. But we have you know, somewhat a sexual relationship as well, but really it's more being girlfriends. Is there a difference between open marriages and swinging? I prefer the term open because it doesn't seem to have so much baggage, Mm -hmm. so much labels associated with it. Most people think about swinging as just sex, sometimes even just anonymous sex, um, Which, we, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that either, oh, right? Sure. Right. Absolutely. We, you know, to each is We own. just like it to be a more um, all-encompassing term. You know, if you're saying swinging and people immediately have certain ideas of what that is, that's not all we are. I want you to tell me all the wonderful things you guys do. So besides <laughs> swapping, okay? Yes. So besides swapping, what else are you guys into? I think that's a great question because we meet so many lifestyle couples whose sex lives are actually kind of boring. Boring. Really (laughs) vanilla. Um, And we have explored a lot of different kink spaces. That was something that Mr. Ams and I actually got started in before we discovered the lifestyle was, was kink and BDSM. So we were exploring that space for a few years. For Catch, that's new for you. Yeah, uh, BDSM is not something that I uh, have explored uh, prior to really this foursome relationship yeah. that we sort of have. Um, you know, Mr. Cat and I mostly were interested in erotica and um, how to make our sex lives more fulfilling just for the two of us. Yeah. But when we started talking about opening up our marriage, it was more how do we meet other couples that are like-minded wanting to do the same kinds of things that, that we like to do. And the erotica that we were reading was sort of in that realm of, you know, opening up your marriage, voyeurism, husband swapping. Yeah. <laughs> and it got more and more interesting. It just really, the conversation just went in that direction. And the more and more we talked about it, the more we found that we were mutually interested in, in, pursuing that. So yeah, we are happily married women and sex is our hobby. The first time I heard someone describe sex as a hobby, uh, I compared it to bowling. Okay. (laughs) And it's like, because it, so many of you treat it like that. It's kind of just something fun. It's extracurricular you do in addition to the already great relationship you already have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that sounds exactly right. Yeah. And wouldn't you say that 
most couples in the lifestyle have a great relationship because people outside the lifestyle, they're like, oh, well, you really can't love your husband if you want to share them. If they don't have a great relationship, they're usually out of the lifestyle pretty quickly or they're out of the marriage pretty quickly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Most of the couples that we've met have been amazing and you can see the bond. You can see the connection that they have with each other. Plus, mm-hmm. there is no bigger turnoff than meeting a couple who are disrespecting each, each other. other, right? We want to know that they're loving and happy and that they're, nobody's being dragged along into the experience. So let's get to you guys individually. First, Ams, can you tell me about your first experience, what you would call a lifestyle experience? For a sexual experience? Yep. Super fumbly. Very, very fumbly. (laughs) Really nice couple who was also very, very new to the lifestyle. And uh, we met them on a a date and we got along really well. Just the, the chance to talk so openly with another couple was such a new and fun experience for us because you can't talk about sex with anybody. Um, So we had a great first date and we set up a a second date to play. We got a really nice hotel room and met them in the hotel lobby. Now the hotel rooms aren't quite as nice. (laughs) They're still great. But you know, when you you start doing this for a while, the hotel rooms add up. So we we found ones that aren't quite as expensive as the first one. Um, but we went up into the hotel room and we played a card game. It's a little like truth or dare, spin the bottle card game. And then we started kissing each other. And the idea of the experience was a lot sexier than the experience itself. Why was that? Well, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing, for one. Oh. The other... Um, gentleman had a little bit of trouble. I don't want to say performing, but just his head wasn't in the game. I think he thought the idea of of seeing his wife with another man was going to be a turn on. And at the end of the day, it did not seem to turn him on. The situation wasn't as sexy as you thought it would be. And it wasn't anything that was physical, right? It was actually just the vibe. Yeah. Well, the physical wasn't great either. Like it took a long time for me personally and and Mr. Ams to get better at communicating what we liked, what we wanted, what we needed from a new partner, because we'd been together for so long. We knew each other's bodies so well. But when you start to play with a new couple, if you're not communicating how you like to be touched and and what turns you on, you're pretty much guaranteed to have a mediocre experience. Okay. Uh, let's get to Kat. Like, can you t- tell me about your f- first sexual experience in the lifestyle? First date in the lifestyle is really just sort of you meet up, you see if there's any chemistry at all. And we have a rule that we don't play with anybody on the first date. Takes the pressure off immediately. You don't have to worry about anything. And so we went on three dates. All of them were not great. (laughs) (laughs) How come? Um, I think it's a lot like any regular dating site, right? Like OkCupid or or, Tinder Tinder or whatever. You, You talk to a person online and you see pictures and then you meet them in person and it doesn't quite match up with what you thought it was going to be. And we were so new to this whole thing. It was, we really didn't know what to expect. We didn't know 
we didn't know anything. So we sort of just jumped right in, but knew we were just going to take things slow. And when we found a four-way connection, which is really hard to find, yes, then we would be like, thumbs up. Though my personality is a little flirtatious and and outgoing, and I tend to just have a good time wherever I am. And so I think, you know, with our first couple of dates, well, with the very first date, for sure, I I think that Mr. Cat thought I was on board and I was not on board. But (laughs) finally, we did meet a couple, number four, couple number four, that we hit it off with right away. There was physical chemistry. There was mental chemistry. We talked, laughed, had a good time. Um, and then we set up a date with them. And <laughs> <laughs> dot, dot, and, dot. Um, they actually were more experienced than we were. So this, they knew too, that this would be our first experience and they were, uh, they were so great. You know, they, that's one thing that I think is amazing is that most of the couples, I would say almost all of the couples that we have met, whether we've hit it off to play or not, have been really sweet and nice and respectful and just really cool. And so these two, they, they sort of knew that they were, they were bringing us along, you know, um, they had us over to their house where they grilled steaks. (laughs) I think that's a thing. Swinger code. You're getting laid. (laughs) So, but we were drinking wine and I don't, I don't typically drink wine. I, I think I got a little tipsy. I wasn't getting tipsy and then doing something I didn't want to do, though. I mean, I I knew what I was there to do. (laughs) Um, We ended up in the hot tub, and then they had a little room that they had set up like a playroom, a little time in the hot tub and a little wine and fun and great conversation. And one of them, I think, just said, like, let's let's go to the bedroom. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And it was great. For me, this first experience was fantastic. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the other couple was experienced. Experienced. So there Mm -hmm. wasn't a lot of fumbliness. They sort of took the lead and Mm -hmm. kind of brought us right along. And we had a great time. We had a lot of fun. And um, at the end of the evening, though, I I was a little dizzy. And Mr. Cat got (laughs) me out of there very quickly um, because he knew that that meant I was in trouble. (laughs) But it was a lot of fun. And I have a very good memory of that first experience. Can either of you talk to the, like the first time you witness your partner with someone else? Like, you know how your one, that one guy Ams, mm-hmm. you know, thought it would be yeah. great and sexy and, and didn't seem to really like it when he saw his wife with someone else. What did you think it would be like? And what was the reality? It's interesting that you asked that question because I had actually the opposite concern. I worried about how Mr. Cat was going to feel when he saw me with someone else. I, I just, I worried that he would no longer see me as his girl. His. His. Mm-hmm. his yeah. yeah. And uh, that worried me more than anything. And I think that was a lot of my hesitation. Um, my husband's a stud. <laughs> he's sexy. He's, yeah. I, I didn't, I don't know why I, I, I didn't think I was going to have a hard time seeing him with someone else and seeing him with someone else. I enjoyed seeing him enjoy himself. I, yeah. I, I liked seeing him have fun. He was connecting with me the whole time. You know, he may have been with her, but he wasn't completely just with her. He was when we were all in the room together. So he made lots of eye contact with me. There was, you know, reaching over and touching me and 
We were in close enough proximity. He could whisper in my ear. It was great. But I, I mostly worried about how he was going to feel seeing me. And it turns out he was okay with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. For me and Mr. Ams, he had always expressed a, a fantasy of seeing me with another man that turned him on. And, and I knew that going into the lifestyle. It actually turns out once we have done it for a while and we've done some separate play and it's less of a turn on for him than he thought, which was an interesting, that was kind of an interesting little hurdle to overcome. For me, watching him with someone else uh, for the first time, I, I felt a term that we learned through the lifestyle, which is compersion, right? I felt I could see how much joy he was experiencing with someone else. And it brought me joy. It's kind of like when you give a really great Christmas present and you see somebody open that up and, and it, you know, the joy that you bring to that person by giving them something. Um, that, that is how I feel 98% of the time. Every once in a while, I will see Mr. Ams have a look on his face and I think, oh, that's my look. Um, <laughs> and I have to sit with that for a minute and just, mm-hmm. you know, sit with that level of discomfort and let it kind of wash over me. Um, and then it's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, through your journey, both of you, um, have you experienced anything that, that really you didn't think you'd be into? Like before you got involved in all this stuff, like to me, and I hear so many people talk about BDSM and how much they enjoy, like there's no, there's nothing in my head that even makes me want to try it because it just, there's nothing, you know what I mean? So have you guys discovered anything that like you like that you didn't even think you'd like? I will say that I'm, I'm with you on that one (laughs) (laughs) because I didn't think it was anything that I would like either. And in fact, that's why I didn't go there. I think that I thought BDSM was a so, sort of cruel, mean. And I, I didn't want anybody to treat me that way. I, I thought, why do I want to be hit? I don't like that. And I think of it as being hit. But I've realized that it's more about creating a sensation. And mm-hmm. I'm not experienced for sure with any of that, but I'm learning and I'm I'm trying to explore it. I'm trying to be open-minded about it because in the space that I'm in, I trust completely the people that I'm with. I will tell you one thing. I'm not sure. Oh, well, I kind of like the spanking. <laughs> I know you do. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, it builds up. It's not something, it's not like all of a sudden you're being spanked really hard and yeah. it's it's not coming from a place of, of aggression at all. Um, but I really like being tied up. Mm-hmm. I like being restrained. <laughs> it's something that clicks in your mind that's just, whoa. It's yeah. really makes my heart pound and yeah, makes me feel tingly all over. <laughs> <laughs> For me, the whole idea of lifestyle and playing with other couples was not actually what Mr. Ams and I were seeking out from the beginning. Yes, we thought, okay, we'll have some play experiences, but it was always approaching it as sex toys, right? You meet some really cool, fun people and have a fun sexual experience, but they're like your little sex toys. And then you go back and you have your own relationship. It's all just foreplay for our relationship. Wait a second. Or you could actually get sex toys 
And if you do want to do that, go to adamandeve.com, put in the code LENA at checkout, L-E-Y-N-A. You're going to get free shipping, 50% off of just about anything that they sell, any one item that they sell on their website, and some free gifts, free movies, free shipping. Uh, It's a great deal. Check them out if you want, like, actual sex toys. What I have found in the lifestyle is that we've developed really close ties, obviously with with Kat and Mr. Kat, but for the sex, if for nothing else, I find it's really important to me to have a connection with the people that I'm with. So the more I play with the same couple, Mm -hmm. mostly the, the same guy, the closer that connection builds and the better the sexual experience is. So we kind of went into it thinking there's no feelings involved, right? It's just Um, And as we've played in the space, the more that there's some attachment, there's some emotional connection, the more I enjoy it. Is there ever, um, you know, when you talk about building those relationships, so let's say the four of you, Mm -hmm. okay, you have a relationship and emotions there that you don't have with other couples. Does it ever, like, do you ever feel any kind of jealousy toward other couples? Like, you know, let's say, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Cat find this awesome new couple. Is there ever kind of those jealousy or envy feelings? No, (laughs) no, because that was never the rules of the game, right? It was never the relationship that we have with the four of us was never an exclusive relationship. There was no assumptions of Mm -hmm. exclusivity that we had to overcome. It was always open. Right. A lot of people, you know, talk about rules. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. You're, when you're dealing with emotions, you can't like you can't say, okay, let, we're not going to fall in love with people. So you can have that rule. Whether yeah. or not it happens is just something. Whether or not it happens, right? So, and and I think the the jealousy and love and anything else, those are kind of emotions that you really can't control. So when you're talking about following rules, then you're talking about control. I'm not sure that people have total control over those no, emotions, yeah. right? As the relationship between the four of us built, there was a lot of talking struggle over, is that something that we are okay with? And you're right. You can't control feelings. You can control actions. And for a long time, until we felt a higher level of of stability and and comfort for Mr. Ams and I we had rules around actions what we could or couldn't do to kind of box in the experience the frequency of separate play so for a while there was no separate play at all and then when there was separate play it would only happen so often so we kind of you can't ask someone not to feel some way that that's not fair and it's not feasible. Um, Mm -hmm. But you can control actions. And that's where we kind of kept it safe. Uh, And it sounds like you keep on like you keep on pushing the goalposts back. (laughs) In some way. Maybe. I mean, as the trust between the four of us has built over time. Yeah. The -hmm. rules change because we're more and more comfortable. But I would say, you know, my feelings for AMS are, are paramount. That that's the most important part of this foursome to me. Yeah. Because if I don't have a good connection with AMS, then, then none of this works. 
I think the friendship that the two of us have built together has been what has propped up the foursome, the four, the four of us together. Has there ever been any kind of drama, like hurt feeling, like with any friendship, right? So far, so good. <laughs> so far, so good. How long have you guys known each other or been together? Close to two years. Well, and a lot of this grew out of this pandemic. We can't go to meet and greets. We can't go to events. We can't meet other couples, really. And we already knew that we liked each other. So we just decided to form our own corn team mm-hmm. and hang out with each other. And we hung out with each other so much that we just became closer and closer. And so if there's a problem that comes up, we talk about it. Mm-hmm. There really haven't, I wouldn't call them problems, no. more like challenges. But what you're talking about isn't completely foreign to us. I mean, the fact that we were developing real feelings for each other was a topic of discussion. Are you both straight? Are you bisexual? Are you bi-curious or bi-situational or whatever the term is? <laughs> bi- situational. Bi- I like that yeah. one maybe the best. I never thought that I was bi from the beginning, but curious for sure. As we have been with other couples, um, that sort of that feeling is just women are beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's very easy to cross that line a little bit and then a little bit more. We hug and kiss each other all the time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when we see each other on the street, men don't do that with each other, but we do. And so crossing that line just a little bit, just a little bit more, just a little bit more is not, uh, and it doesn't seem weird to me at all. Mm-hmm. It, it's comfortable and it's very situational. For me personally, it's not something I seek mm-hmm. out. We've met plenty of women in the lifestyle who are in the lifestyle because they want to explore that part of their sexuality. If the if the vibe is right, if the mood is right, if the lighting is right, then sure, <laughs> I'll go there. Yeah. Um, but it's also, I've played with plenty of couples where the, the woman has said, I am straight. I don't want to play with women at all. And that's cool. We can all still have a great time. How about your husbands? They're both, They're both straight. straight. I'm actually a little surprised at how unruffled they are. <laughs> you know, you get into like a, a DP or a DVP. There's a lot of touching. incidental touching. <laughs> <laughs> and They don't even think about it. Right. Uh, since you brought it up. <laughs> she oh, no. brought it this, up. <laughs> this DP oh. and DVP thing, mm-hmm. is that, like, I am surprised to hear of how many women have done this in the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I would never even think of it. You know, I, that is, like, th- that has always been something that people joked about when they talked about porn. <laughs> but it sounds like so many people do that. Is it something that you did? I, I tell me how you got here. <laughs> I think we found her. <laughs> Holy moly! <laughs> um, so, not something that I had ever experienced pre-lifestyle, and it's not. It's and not something that I ever thought I would do in the lifestyle. Yeah, it's. I mean, you need to have a lot of trust with your playmates and then the guys need to like each other really well. <laughs> sure. Um, so it's, you know, it's not on the menu every day. It's more seasonal. <laughs> um, it can be a really exciting, fulfilling, overwhelming experience. Mm-hmm. If you are with partners that you trust, it's, I highly recommend giving it a try, but, yeah. but it's not for everybody. Can one of you really explain it to me? 
you know, everyone seems to talk about it as if it's just this thing, like you should try meditation. It's, you know, really, no, <laughs> it's, it's so completely different. Like, can you explain the physical feeling? How do you enjoy it? Did you get to the point where you got to enjoy it? Or is it just all in your head? Like, wow, look at this wild and crazy thing I'm doing. <laughs> Hello? Are you there? <laughs> there? We're here. Well, okay, let me jump in and then Kat, you you had your first last night, right? Uh, yeah. Oh. Okay. So I'm gonna let you um I, I'll let you take it home. But um uh, the way to start, right? Can't draw you a picture because we can't see each other, but the way to start would be one guy who's the anchor, usually the biggest guy, um, and I don't mean his biceps, should be <laughs> laying on the bed and uh then you, the woman, would get on top of him, sort of cowgirl style. Once that position, you know, once you're kind of good in that position, if you lean forward a little bit, the other guy can be behind, sort of straddling the first guy's legs, <laughs> and uh, and enter uh, enter you from behind. Um, lubrication is an absolute mm-hmm. must for any kind of anal play. I, I think it's great for any kind of play. I'm a huge fan of lube, but it's absolutely necessary in that situation. I would say it's like 50-50, whether it works, everybody has to stay hard and and you got to get a rhythm going. So it doesn't have like the highest hit rate, but if you get a, <laughs> if you get a rhythm going, it just feels really like overwhelming. It's just a lot of sensation going on at one mm-hmm time. So it can be very exciting. How about you, Kat? Right. How did that go last night? I'm not super experienced with anal to begin with. So for me, this has been a more, um, a a slower entry into this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, so, you know, the important thing is the trust that you have with with the people that you're with, they're going very slow and, it was kind of amazing. I, I, You're first time, I know. <laughs> wait, <laughs> I wasn't wait, expecting wait, wait, to wait. talk about this. Um, it was a new experience for me. It was something that I was interested in. I, I do like anal play. Uh, this is taking it to a whole nother level. Um, it was a lot of sensation going on and uh, yeah. it was pretty overwhelming and it was pretty amazing. I, I have to say, you know, you have nerve endings there. It makes sense. And so to have everything being stimulated all at the same time, pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. Because when I think of it, Mm -hmm. it sounds painful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would tell you that that's how I thought of it for a long time too. In fact, just thinking about it makes me want to clench my whole body. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, I knew that I liked anal play. I like a finger. I like, you know, touching around the area. And when you're having sex and you're, you know, there's a little finger there and you see that you've, oh my gosh, it just takes you to this next level. You realize that you want to explore that a little further and then a little further. And so I would say, you know, for me, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm tiny in general, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I, I think that it took a little bit to get me kind of used to something bigger than well, a finger. A little practice. Yeah. Yeah. But when everything is moving like it's supposed to, it's pretty, it's, it didn't make me want to clench anymore. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's well, pretty. You shouldn't have sex that's painful. Right. Right. If you are doing anal play or any other kind of sexual position, if you're in pain, stop. Like, why is it that women 
will continue to have sex when it's painful for them. It's fucking ridiculous. Like take the time to get aroused or to lubricate or, you know, just give yourself time to build that pleasure and stop if you're in pain. And don't do anything you don't really want to do. Yeah. If a finger doesn't turn you on, then, 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 then the other isn't going to either. So forget it. Is there a lot of toy usage in the lifestyle? That's an interesting question. It took us a while to feel comfortable bringing toys to a play experience. It took us a while to even just bring out lube mm-hmm. in a play experience. Um, and now I would say probably 75% of the time yeah. we'll bring out a toy. Wow. You guys have a big stash. So we record in uh, a playroom that is off of Mr. Am's in my bedroom that with a hidden secret door. Um, so it's soundproof and it's filled with toys. Well, you guys have kids too, right? We yeah. do. Is that why there's a hidden door? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of soundproofing. That's right. <laughs> uh, speaking of children, you guys are in your 40s, so your children are young. Yes? School-aged. Yes. School-aged children. How do you do all this when you have kids? I mean, that's a lot of scheduling. It is. <laughs> it's a balancing act. We are really fortunate in having a few friends in the lifestyle and we've kind of gotten into the habit and the, the, our kids are all friends with each other. So we've kind of gotten in the habit of sending the kids all to one person's house and then the other two get to play and kind of round robin that way. Lifestyle daycare. My children, <laughs> my children are just a little bit older. Yeah. Um, I have a, a daughter uh, who's more mature. And so, you know, they can stay by themselves for several hours and yeah, and my daughter will watch the others. And it was very liberating when the kids were old enough to be left alone for a few hours at a time and not have to get a babysitter for every single first date. I, I mean, we've met plenty of couples who are still in the babysitter phase and it's it's tough. They just can't really play as much as they would like to mm-hmm. or even just meet people as much as they would like to. I think that might be why a lot of swingers are in their 40s. Right. That's when our kids are getting to that age where we're like, okay, now what? Yeah. Now, now let's have some fun for us. So you just turned this video on, Johnny. You guys just play for a little bit, right? <laughs> Mommy and daddy will be right back. <laughs> you know, when you reach your 40s and, you know, your kids are a little bit older and they're a, a little more independent. But what about you guys? What about reaching the age where, I don't know, are you more comfortable with your bodies? Are you more vocal about your wants and needs? I mean, do you think your age has anything to do with how much you're able to enjoy your sex lives now? I do. Yes. I mean, you know, I think Am's talked early on about how much just bullshit we are fed when we're younger, you know? Save yourself for marriage. You have to be a good girl. He won't want you if you give it to him for free. Mm-hmm. Um, as we get older, we have kids. We we move through these stages of our life. It's sort of like we grow as people. We explore different things. We we're exposed to different things, and we realize there's so much more out there than than sort of what we're sort of fed, you know, yeah. from a from a young age. And when we start to explore those things, what between now and dead, you know. <laughs> <laughs> How do we want to live? Some fun. Let's have some fucking fun. Yeah, and it's really been fun. 
Yeah. I, I, I think of it as Mr. Ams and I kind of had our midlife crisis mm-hmm. together. And <laughs> that's a good way to put it. You wake up one day, you realize maybe close to half your life is is over. And how do I want to spend the rest of it? We knew we wanted to be together. We knew we wanted to have more fun. We had a couple of friends who were going through divorces and that was a huge wake up call. Like how do we not take our relationship for granted? Um, Mm -hmm. And and so we, we were mature enough to have that conversation and to really explore without feeling like that was going to be a threat to our marriage. But gosh, I wish that I had been oh, yeah. more open in my 20s. And I hope that kids in their 20s are better a little at bit more. figuring this out earlier than we did. Well, and I would mm-hmm. say too, like here we are in our 40s, we're hanging out with people who are, who are like-minded, right? We're hanging out with a lot of lifestyle friends. It's not always playtime. No. We hang out, we barbecue, we, we do all kinds of things. We go to concerts, we go skiing. Yeah. We have whole weekends where there's no sex <laughs> other than with your own partner. Yes. You know, it, it's not like it's a, an orgy every, every time we get together, you no. know? Um, mm-hmm. But what's nice is that there's just this comfort level where you can just say whatever you want. You can just talk about everything and it's so much fun and it's just liberating. I think that our audience, unlike a lot of other podcasts where it's all lifestyle people, mm-hmm. a lot of our audience are not lifestyle people. Yeah. Yeah. If it sounds intriguing, what are the first steps? What do you do? How do you get in without getting burned? We started with erotica, reading about it, talking about it. You know, um, Mr. Cat sent me stories and I would send him stories. His stories got more and more exciting and salacious and sort of started to push the envelope of openness and swinging. And it opened up discussions. I would say, you know, have some conversations, but you have to approach it without deciding that the other person has some sort of ulterior motive in mind, right? I mean, he he was sending me a lot of different stories from a lot of different genres of of uh, eroticism, right? And and so I made an effort not to judge what he was thinking, but just you know, listening to the words he was saying. And um, I I would just say there's no harm in exploring. There's no harm in talking about it. There's no harm in reading about it. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to go all the way down the street. You know, sometimes the the place you are is just, is just right. And, and uh, there's nothing wrong with, with talking about it. Yeah. So what we like to say kind of over and over again in our podcast is, Use your motherfucking words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you may or may not know what turns you on sexually, especially women, right? We have such a tough time separating out like what we enjoy sexually um, from what we think we should enjoy or what our partner enjoys. Um, but the only way you can explore your sexuality with your partner is to tell him what you want to explore. So take the time. Erotica is a great way to, to like start to explore the things that turn you on, whether that's lifestyle, whether that's kink and BDSM, whether that's exhibitionism or an awesome sex vacation. Like you have to think, what is it that I want? You have to tell your partner what you want. And then, oh my God, shocker, he wants to give you what you want. (laughs) 
He's thrilled to make your sexual fantasies come true. I think a lot of women would be pleasantly surprised. Men want to hear mm-hmm. what's going to turn you on. Yes. Yes. Right? It's, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is. Is it because they think it's so out there? Do they think they're going to turn their man off? Do they think, oh, he's going to think I'm a slut? Uh, I'm not sure what it is, but over and over, I keep on hearing, like, <sighs> men want they to hear want what to Because want. we're so fucking confusing. <laughs> Women <laughs> have no idea what they want. And guys, God love them. They have great cocks. We're a huge (laughs) fan, but they're simple creatures. They just want to be told what to do. So like (laughs) if I had one advice for the women out there, figure out what you want. Tell your partner what you want. He is dying to give it to you. Yes. And there you go. Advice from the two hot wives. You can look them up at twohotwives.com. They're also on Twitter. Just look up the number two hot wives. Next time on Consenting Adults, a couple in Texas decide to go to a sex club. It almost ends in disaster as they get into a fight inside the club. But things got better pretty quickly. First couple that says hello, sound of music to eyes wide shut. It's forget (laughs) about it. (laughs) Yeah, first couple was like, hi, what's your name? Shook hands. Somehow we ended up in the group theater room. On the back couch, we had probably about 15, 16 people watching us. Doing what? Well, we swapped. Yeah. You were with her, I was with him, and then I was on her. That's next time on Consenting Adults. Consenting Adults.